You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Thursday. We are back and doing it. It's not as early as I want. I mean, it's not nearly as late. It's one thirty-two. My time. Your time? Probably different unless you happen to be listening on Friday at the same time. Lockdown Wolverines podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. Uh, we are going to get to the Michigan mailbag. Still getting adjusted to the new area here. Did get a comment on YouTube. I saw someone congratulate. I don't know if they were, they were being having fun, tongue-in-cheek, or they were a... Uh, I'm going to try to jab you. They said... Congratulations on moving into your uh, sister's off-campus housing. Number one, my sister lives in Reno. Uh, Half-sister. I've only met her like three times. She's not, she isn't on any campus housing. Number two, this is just a spare bedroom. And right now there's boxes on that side. And eventually that's where my treadmill is going to go until I finish the studio area. Then it will look nice again. But this is just what we're dealing with. So don't complain. It just is what it is. All right. Uh, we are going to get into the Michigan mailbag, starting with our leaders and best, James Crudup at James Crudup 6. JJ is off the table. One game to save your life. Which Harbaugh era QB are you going with? It's a pretty difficult proposition. I know people are going to very much disagree with me. So, like, I'm going to I'm going to assume that the, that quarterback, whoever it is, is at their best, right? That they are. Not not playing at their best as they played under Jim Harbaugh. Like, I'm not going to select Joe Milton just because he's playing really well uh, at Tennessee there at the tail end. Obviously, we saw a little bit of really good Joe Milton. We also saw some really bad Joe Milton. Um, so, to me, then obviously you're looking at a three-man race outside of them. Or, well, I guess it could be four because you could be Cade McNamara. You could go with Jake Rudock, you could go with Wilton Spate, or you could go with Shea Patterson. I was actually going to say Shea Patterson. Because the thing with Shea is they kept him in a cage for the bulk of season one, and then he was hurt for most of season two. Actually, I still think I'm going with Shea Patterson. It's but then you got Cade McNamara, who was like the quintessential leader. Wilton Spate was really, really good uh, eventually, you know, or not eventually, but like really just kind of throughout 2016. He was really good. In 2015, Jake Rudock was amazing in the latter quarter of the third of the season or so. I think I got to go with my guy, Shea, because if you can unleash him in the full way, like. He had the three straight games of 300 yards passing. Two of them were wins. I, I, I know a lot of people really weren't for Shea. I, I still think like he gives you a lot more than what the other guys can give. I think JJ is like in a lot of ways Shea on steroids. So I would go with Shea personally. Like Shea wasn't the reason why they lost to Ohio State in 2018 or 19, right? Like defense was. Shea gave you the opportunity. But Cade McNamara, as a starter, also beat Ohio State. But he wasn't asked to throw a lot. Shea was. So that's where I'm going to go. Josh Barr at Jadiki. Seeing a lot of discussion about what would be considered successful or disappointment this upcoming season. Everyone's expectations are up. What is the, So what is the cutoff in your mind? 
I think success is at, at, at this point, I think it's changed than what it has been. I think success is at least repeating what you did the last two seasons and maybe taking it a step further, probably taking a step further, but I still like, I'm, I don't think I'm taking big 10 championships and wins over Ohio state for granted, but I do think that is now the expectation. Anything short of that is a disappointment. Now, I think with everybody you have, it would also be a disappointment if you don't at least make it to the national championship game. But that's highly variable because you don't know what the other teams are that are going to make it into the college football playoff, right? Like Michigan faced off against Georgia and obviously got run off the field and everyone acted, not everyone, but there were a lot of people that acted like, well, you know, that's, that's not good. But Georgia, no one was going to stop Georgia at that point. Aside from a blip against Alabama, which they rectified in the national championship game, people were talking about that Georgia team as if it was unbeatable. Now, it was a missed opportunity against TCU, 100%. So it depends, right? Like if you get, if you get that one of those, those teams, what Michigan currently kind of is, can get you get in the college football playoff semifinal, but you don't think they're going to win them all. You know, the Notre Dames, the Oklahomas that have made it. You know, if you face off against one of those, then, yeah, you got to win, right? If it's like USC, even though Caleb Williams is obviously really good, but they probably aren't still going to have very good of a defense. If it's USC, then it's like, yeah, you got to figure it out and you got to be able to win that game. If it's Georgia or if it's, I mean, Alabama's probably not going to be Alabama necessarily. But if, you know, or if it's like 2019 era LSU, you not winning that game it, as much as people are going to be disappointed. It's like, well, what else were they going to do? You know what I mean? What did you think of the Ahsoka trailer? He also asked, man, I loved it, but I had like, I, it came out, I think the day I started moving or the day after. So I was still, I like, I watched it and I was like, whoa, but then I didn't really have time to like, look at it. So then I went back and rewatched it like three times in a row. And then I watched uh, star Wars explains, uh, video on it although he's in uh he and his wife molly are in uh england for the uh, for star wars celebration but it's just wild because you get everything in there that like you hoped all these rebels era you know you you got sabine wren you got uh obviously there's little ezra bridger part in there you've got grand admiral thrawn like you've you've got so much that it's just like yes 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 you got a loth cat it's just, it's going to be wild. It is going to be wild. You know who I hope is in it? There's some of the characters that made their way into the end of the last season of Clone Wars. I think that would be really cool, but we'll see. I'm stoked. I wish it wasn't all the way in August. I was, something, I was thinking it was May, and now I realize it's August, and it's like, oh, it's so far away. Jimmy Whitner at Jimmy Whitner won because Mike, Michael Wolf didn't, uh, didn't come with the heat this week. Now that QB is in the fold... What is the most important position left in the 2024 class to fill? Um, I mean, they're really, they were, they're really locked up on uh, offensive linemen. I still think you need to get, go out there and get an elite linebacker. Obviously, they're trying to get corners. Corners is very important. Whether it's Bryce West, who's trending more towards Ohio State, if they're in Scott, if I have that name right. Um, the other, the other uh, Ohio corner. 
I think that that's probably it. And then uh, I still want to see an elite linebacker in this class, like a full-on elite linebacker. That, to me, is what's keeping them from really ascending. Uh, and defensive end, they need, they, need, they, they need some elite edge rushing. Uh, number two, how is Zuri liking the new place? So she is loving it. She's got a, she, now, so we're in the city here now. So, um, so, okay, full disclosure here. So we were in Ann Arbor, but we were back in like this, like uh townhouse slash apartment complex. And then, uh, my interim space was actually, my grandmother was in Florida. So I took over her place while I was looking for a house. And that was kind of in the same thing. I was in a condo area, but they were like those kind of condos that are homes and whatever. And um, so that all she's known is like kind of staring out at nature and maybe she sees like a squirrel or something like that. And she gets very excited. A little bit different here because this is like the city. So people walk by the window and I put up my one ottoman I put in front of the window and she can just sit there when she watches out the window like it's her TV all day and it's hilarious. Just like someone walk, walking by. She's like, how dare they? She's loving it. She's except for when I opened the window. She did not like that. Number three, are you participating in the big house 5k this weekend? Bro, I am so out of shape. I mean, I mean I've been walking three, four miles the last couple of days since it's been warm. And that's been a, that's been a challenge. No, I've never done a 5k in my life. I am so out of shape when I get my treadmill. Then maybe next year, maybe next year we can talk this year. I don't think I could run a mile. At this point, I mean, I could, but I would feel like death, let alone 3.3. Number four, if you could pick a football, basketball, or hockey national championship, which would you choose if you could choose only one? I mean, there's only one right answer, and it's football. If you pick anything else, then you're wrong. It's a football all the way. I would, if you could say, I'm not going to go with just one year, but like if you could say like Michigan wins the next five football national championships. I will even say five of the next 10 so that there's some competition, some ebb and flow because it gets boring. I think to some degree when you just constantly win and there's no ups and downs, Michigan, if you could say Michigan football could win five of the next 10 national championships in football, I would eliminate the basketball and hockey teams. And I'm sure most of you out there would do the same. That's where it is. It's all about football. That's why this show is mostly about football. KRT a farmer, Katie four. What is the biggest position in need now that Michigan has its QB? I know it's the same basic thing. Um, so we'll move on to the next thing. Do you think Michigan will hit the portal every year like it did last year? I think it will. I think it will be strategic about it the way it was this last year, right? Like they they went and picked and chose. It wasn't this wholesale, like, we're just gonna bring in as many guys. Not the Mel Tucker method for making your team capable. You know, I think they'll they'll sit there and say, what what can we do? I think they'll probably keep on trying to bring in a couple offensive linemen a year. But if they can pick and choose the best of the best, right? I think they'll continue to prioritize team captain types. And I think that they'll also look positionally. But yeah, I do think Michigan will continue to do that. Finishing us out in segment one, Jonathan Joseph at J. Joseph 2156. Who's the most underrated coach and player on the team? Um, underrated coach... I mean, I still think it's Jay Harbaugh. I think he's getting his credence now. But like everything he's done, and even running back, I used to get in these arguments with people. Michigan hadn't had a thousand yard back 
until Karan Higdon in 2018, since Fitzgerald Toussaint in 2011. And Higdon was close in 2017. 994 yards. Um, but every, every position Jay Harbaugh has coached has gone well. Mackey Award winning, tight end, and Jake Butt in 2016. Uh, then he moved over to running backs 27-2018. Uh, and that, that moved up. Went back to tight ends. And it was still really good. Now he was at safety. Safety wasn't an area that you had any concern on. Special teams has been the best in the country. It's still uh, Jay Harbaugh. As far as player on the team, that one's a little bit more difficult. Um... Mike Sainer still, I think. I think he's getting his, his due, but it, it's it's both on and off the field. I think he, he just played such a big role, and not just in the secondary, but you know he was asked to to rush every now and again. There were you know, first couple games of the season, he was the tied for being the sack leader, and then I just think he he helps sets the tone in a lot of ways, and he's uh, very much an advocate on the leaders uh, leadership council. So I think it's really him. All right, we're gonna move on. We've got plenty more left. We'll do that here in a moment. Before we do, looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need to get the best tasting protein bar ever built. You got to try this. If you're like me and want to make healthier snack choices but don't want to compromise on taste, then I've got just the thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing you won't think they're good for you. You've got to try this. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Dark chocolate. That's right. Real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. I'm not sure how Bilt does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. I can attest to that. What's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering Bilt Bars at Bilt.com, but you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while you can still get your specialty flavors at Bilt.com. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section. Grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puff. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hip flavors, brownie batter, puff, and churro puff. You can thank me later. All right, we have so many more questions to go. Let's keep doing it here. Jim at Jim in the North, do you think the loss of Matt Weiss will hurt JJ? I do not. And in part, it's you keep in mind that the quarterback coach is still somewhat subservient to Jim Harbaugh. Um, also, I just think there's consistency with Kirk Campbell, who's been an offensive coordinator, right? So I don't think that it's going to really hurt JJ. Um, I mean, I guess we'll see, but I don't think so. Congrats on the house. Have you read the Timothy Zahn air the Arab Empire books? I'm stunk, uh, stoked for the Ahsoka trailer. Um, I have not read the heir to the empire, the original, uh, Thrawn books, I believe, or is that originally Thrawn? No, it's not, but he did the Thrawn ones. Um, I've read his, his new Thrawn books. I haven't read any legacy books. I had heir to the empire well before I even cared about star Wars, just cause I had a friend who convinced me to join his pyramid scheme book club when I was in like middle school. <laughs> And uh, he had that, and I was like, oh, that's cool. I'll get the Star Wars logo and all that. He was a real big Star Wars guy. I was not, but I just wanted it. I remember I had Heir to the Empire. Maybe that was Thrawn. Maybe, I don't know. But uh, no, I haven't read anything from Legacy, but I've read like 40 
something like 40, maybe 45 books of uh, the Disney version of Star Wars books. 30 of which I read in January of 2020. <laughs> so I haven't read a lot since then, but. Clark at Blue for Life, eight of the coaches on the current football staff you do see becoming a head coach first. I'm guessing Sharon, but I'm curious on your thoughts. Yeah, Sharon would be my choice. I, I think Jay Harbaugh very well could be that, or Mike Hart. Uh, I, Jesse Minter, for some reason, seems to me like he'd go defensive coordinator NFL before we become a, a head coach somewhere. Yeah, Sharon, I think probably if everything goes to plan after this year, he's probably a head coach somewhere. That's my guess. Spencer Whitmore at Spencer Whitmore. No question, but wanted to say congrats on the house. Know how stressful that is. Thank you, Spencer. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's still, it's probably going to be stressful for a little while. I'm still, now I'm just stressed because I'm paying triple what I've ever paid in any given month uh, on bills. So now that's, that's just stressful in and of itself. But uh, I'm still getting, the, I've got a, the other things are just getting stuff done. I've got all these, uh, all my you know racks, my kitchen racks, my basement racks. They're all in the basement now. No room in the kitchen for the kitchen racks. And uh, I got to build those so I can get these boxes out and then go to the storage unit and bring everything back before I think like the 23rd or whatever day so that I don't have to pay another $250 a month for a storage unit. That's all stressful. Mark Z at Mark Zimke. I know the team says that they don't think about the past, but what do you think is the biggest takeaway or two from the TCU game that's still lingering in the, uh, this offseason? I mean, probably the execution, taking care of the football, things of that nature. And I think it's probably more on the coaching end is just knowing, you know, knowing what you do best and not straying from that. I do think that they do think about the past. I think that's just something that they say. And that doesn't mean every player, but I think that it's a good thing because he who forgets the past is doomed to repeat it. And Michigan repeats it quite regularly. So I think that uh, that's a good thing that they say that they're thinking about the now. And I think it's good to also keep a, uh, a mind on what has happened, right? That's obviously why they, they got so good after 2020. They knew what happened and didn't want to repeat that. That's a good thing to have. James Kovalevsky at coach underscore Kovo. USFL starts this Saturday. Is there any excitement in the Detroit area for the Michigan Panthers or Ford Field being named as one of the four hubs? I no idea. I didn't, I didn't even know that it started this weekend. So that should tell you what you need to know about that. Um, but I'm not the same, right? I'm not necessarily paying attention to sports at large. I pay attention to Michigan. Maybe a little bit of stuff here and there outside of that. You know, I pay attention a little bit to the Masters. I didn't that much. I saw enough that John Rahm won. Um, I'm, I, that, that's really about it for me. When the Pistons get decent enough again, maybe I'll pay attention to them. But I don't know that I will either, because it, it's it's funny that when I when I uh, back in about two thousand three, I was you couldn't give me enough sports. Now it's like I'm a sniper with my sports. Really, I just want Michigan. That's it. College football, really, mostly college football. I love college football the same way, if not more, than I loved NFL back in the early two thousands. I love it way more. Like you can give me college football all day, every day, but everything else is just doesn't matter. And it's partly because of my love for college football. Uh, Dan Walton at 3d Walton question. One biggest 
round two portal need for Michigan football, CB2 wide receiver or field goal kicker competition. I'm not particularly concerned about the field goal kickers. I think that they'll be able to make do with Tommy Doman and Adam Samaha. Uh, Cornerback too. I mean, if there's someone really great available, I would have really liked it if they could have gotten like a Fentrell Cypress or a Tony Grimes. But I also feel like they can make things work with who they have, and I feel pretty good about it. But if there's someone really good out there, then by all means, wide receiver, it's kind of the same thing. You know, like if if there's someone, I, I don't feel like there's anyone that's like you absolutely have to go get unless there's just a really electric prospect out there. That one of those three positions, I guess, but less so field goal kicker. I think they'll be just fine there. Question two, favorite place on Michigan's campus, not athletics related. Um, the Arb, Nichols Arboretum. I, uh, I just, I never really went. I mean, I went once in 1999 um, and I thought it was cool, but it was like cold and I didn't care that much. And then, you know, I'd go sporadically outside of that, but then uh, 2021, I took Zuri like every day and I just, really came to love it it's just really beautiful there so that would probably be number one um i love the law quad i love nichols arcade nichols arcade's like kind of you know it's not campus campus but it is um i don't know if there's anything else that's like yeah it it really is the arb that's number one for and one two and three for me Perry Mitchell at Perry Mitchell 08. Is it possible that with the depth we have at defensive tackle, we see an even bigger rotation than last year? I think absolutely. I think you, especially if you can get some of those other younger guys to step up, if Trey Pierce steps up, I think you're already at five deep. You know, I think you've got, uh, you know, Chris Jenkins, Mason Graham, Kenneth Grant, Rayshon Benny, and Cam Good. I think if like a, a Trey Pierce can step up, then you can go six and you can just constantly just have those two just constant rotation. But I think you're going to be at least five deep this year, and that's really good. So, yes, I think that that's going to be even better than it was, although it's pretty much the same as it was last year. All of the aforementioned, except for um, Trey Pierce, were involved last year, and you had Mozzie. So it's probably about the same. George Paul Lewis at G13. Lewis, do you think Michigan will land Bryce Underwood? I don't know. There's still a lot of time, obviously. He's a 2025. Uh, I think... I wasn't really buying the Jermaine Crowell anti, you know, Belleville anti-Michigan stuff, but uh, I mean, it ended up proving to somewhat be true, which is just bizarre because he is a giant Michigan fan and always has been. He refers to Michigan as we, but it probably helps. I think you got to be able to show that the quarterback is going to sling the ball a little bit. I think that's important because if it, if if it's just handing off to running backs most of the time. That might get a Jaden Davis. Probably not going to get a Bryce Underwood. Ike, Ham, Ike, Ike Hamlin, rather, at Hamstand87. I try to combine them. Why do people keep giving James Franklin and Penn State the benefit of the doubt regardless of how mid they are? Is it conspiratorial to say that? I mean, that's obviously been my big thing for a long time. They're, they're, they are spoken of as if they are coming off the 2016 season every year. Every year. And even though James Franklin had similar issues as to what Jim Harbaugh has had, right? The road, you know, wins against ranked teams, road wins against ranked teams, all of that. It's very rarely brought up the way that it was. Like it started to be a little bit, but it's still like James Franklin gets a lot of passes when it comes to that. 
and I I've never understood exactly why. Now they've had some really good recruiting classes, but their their really good recruiting classes aren't any different than Michigan's really good recruit, recruiting classes. Just theirs have come at the same time that Michigan's maybe were a little bit more, as you said, mid. So it's kind of funny that that's. It, it goes that way because Michigan tends to not get that same benefit of the doubt. And it's like, well, James Franklin, look at how close they play Ohio State. Yeah, but they, he's won one out of nine tries. One. One. He's one and eight against Ohio State. Not that Jim, Jim Harbaugh has an incredible record. He's two and five against Ohio State. But it's, it, it's, it's not the same, you know? Finishing us out in segment two, Anton Sasmita Mangala at Sasmita Mangala. What games do you think will be home night games? Well, one of the three openers will certainly be like a Big Ten Network home game just because we haven't not seen them have like a, a non-conference slate that hasn't had a night game, right, in a while since Michigan really started having night games with regularity, which started in what, 2017? Um, 2017, who did they play? They didn't have any night games in the non-conference then, but they did with Minnesota in that game that was pretty delayed because of the weather. But 2018, uh, they had Notre Dame at night. 2019, they opened uh, Middle Tennessee at night. 2020, they didn't have non-conference games, but they opened Minnesota at night. Uh, then 2021... Washington at night, last year, Hawaii at night. So it's most of the time it's a bigger opponent. They don't have that. So I would imagine one of the first three games will be at night. And then maybe like Purdue. They don't have a lot of really good front end uh, home games. So I I would probably bet one of the first three and then Purdue will be at night games. That's going to be my guess. All right, we're going to continue on here in just a moment. All right, we have a few questions left. We got, what, seven? Seven. All right, let's do it. Ben Ricketts at RicketsBen92. Do you anticipate Michigan to enhance its recruiting department this offseason? Well, we're in the middle of the offseason, and I don't think that they've done much differently, but it's working, whatever it's doing. As far as next offseason, if that's what you mean? Maybe. You hope so. I don't think that they've made many changes so far right now, so I don't know. Isaac Michael at RS underscore Shadow24. Do you think the cornerbacks are going to be able to keep up against OSU and their elite wide receivers? Well, they've done so, so far, and I don't think that people were going into that game being like, look at how locked down Jamon Green and DJ Turner are. I, I like Will Johnson and the field just as much as I like any other of the last two. So, yes. Because it's not just about the corners. It's about getting pressure. It's about dominating their offensive line with the front. And making the quarterback have to make a decision sooner than later, and then also being able to cover. And it's the last game of the season, so we'll know more as the season goes on just where they're at. But yes, I'm more confident now than I've been in the last two years on that front. Joshua Carlson at Josh WFF 96. Looks like our 23-24 scholarships for basketball are all spoken for. But how many more transfers do you think we take and then who departs? A lot of buzz, especially with Matthew, uh, Matthew Cleveland. Or do you think we're done in the portal? I don't think you're necessarily done in the portal. We'll see if Papa Conte ends up qualifying. Jalen Llewellyn still, I believe, taking up a scholarship. And we don't know if he's going to be around. We don't know Hunter Dickinson's decision, which leads to the next thing. 
Vo at underscore YV zero. When uh, when does Hunter announce he's returning to Michigan? I know he's meeting with Michigan, but he's like looking at I think Maryland and Georgetown. I think that the basketball is always a little bit like uh, we're gonna we'll just figure it out. So we'll see. Truther at does man's care is Washington football better than Michigan football? I I mean no. Method, no. Uh, part-time trades at Michael Bagsby is the spring game the last time we see O'Leary. No, I don't think so. But I don't think he's necessarily going to be like a... I, I could be wrong, but I think that we've seen walk-ons, former walk-ons have... Uh, and he's a former walk-on. Someone on YouTube said at the time we put O'Leary on scholarship. He is on scholarship. Um, but uh, I, I think that he'll definitely be involved. You know, Michigan went very high to the Jake McCurry uh, well at times, right? Like, they're, they're not afraid of using walk-ons there. Nate Shanley was involved. Um, so, yeah, I think we'll see more of him. Finishing us out is Matt McGraw at One Man Pizza Party. Do you think the fan base is overlooking Penn State this year? But they're two freshman running backs, five-star QB, and playing them in Happy Valley, most likely for a whiteout night game. Do they pose more of a threat to Michigan getting another Big Ten championship than Ohio State? Um, despite everything I said earlier, I, I don't think that anyone's overlooking Penn State in a sense. I think that Penn State is the more difficult game this year as it stands at the moment. It looks more difficult. That said, Drew Aller is a five-star that hasn't necessarily done much. Their five-star running backs looked great in pretty much every game other than the Michigan game. So I don't know, and we don't know if it's going to be a whiteout or not. It's right there on that cusp of it's technically it's not supposed to be a night game, but I've heard that there are some changes that mean that it could be because it's the third to last week of the season. So generally when Michigan's had those late games against Penn State, uh, late season games, they are day games. But we'll see. I think that that is currently the more challenging one because it's on the road. Michigan's been able to win in Happy Valley. In the Jim Harbaugh era, they played there, what, four times and they're two and two. And I know Penn State has Michigan circled in the way that maybe Ohio State's normally circled. But uh, I, I do think that that is the more challenging game. However, you can potentially lose that and still win the Big Ten championship. It's kind of like Michigan State in uh in 2021 as long as you're undefeated and ohio state beats penn state then you just have to beat ohio state so there's that all right that's gonna do it for us today we'll be back on friday who knows what i'll be talking about we'll figure it out thanks for watching thank you for listening we'll be back soon peace